Welcome to On to Moxie with F.P. Wellman. I am your host, Fred Wellman. We are broadcasting from the beautiful suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri, as always. It is crazy. Well, just everywhere, not just here in St. Louis, but also in D.C. more than ever. Of course, the Middle East is a, a conflagration, which no one wanted to see. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about. We got a great guest to talk about it with. So let's just get on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. Welcome to Odd Moxie, FP Wellman, right here on the Maya Touch Network, and wherever you get your podcast fix. Man, I, it has been a crazy week. I got, I do have kind of a funny note to start off with. I don't know if you remember, but last week I started this show off with an apology to the clown community for calling the Republican House Caucus a clown show, a clown wagon, clown convoy and all. And you have to love it. I actually got an email. I, I, I'll read this to you guys. We'll put it up on screen. But it says, I, I want to take a minute to reach out and thank you for your apology to the clown community. It's an easy shot to use clown and circus as derogatory de declarations. But for some of us, circus and clowning is what we do. Sincerely, Steve Smith, former director of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College. So this, Mr. Smith, Thanks for reaching out. It's the least I can do. It is embarrassing how bad the DC crowd is behaving, and it is unfortunate that clowns are being associated with them. Since the clowns, as I mentioned before, do actually provide public service to the United States and the world, whereas the Republican House Caucus doesn't. So there you have it. Um, you know, anyway, chaos does reign in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, Joe Biden and his administration are flying around the world. They're building coalitions. They're making deals. They're getting stuff done. Four weeks. Four weeks, same opening. I don't even delete it. It's the same. Matt's laughing. I had the exact same script every week for the last four weeks. That is the same script for four. And this week is true again. Chaos reigns in D.C. Joe Biden was just in Israel making coalitions, making deals. A very, very difficult conflict to navigate. He's doing a brilliant job. Can it be perfect? Not in a world like this, but you have to give the credit to the administration. Mr. Blinken has been working overtime, flying around the world. It is a, a really exciting time. And of course, D.C. is truly in chaos with the House Republican Caucus unable to pass or, or, or nominate or, or, or I guess approve a speaker of the house uh it continues we we're now two almost two weeks and not having a speaker of the house the clock is ticking on a lot of important things from Israel to a potential government shutdown all this is happening as the world is on fire and 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 they simply can't get it done and of course they always blame Democrats I got a great guest to talk about with us actually we're very fortunate to have a congressman with us who's going to answer all those questions and I'd love to we'll have congressman Chris Deluzio join us congressman Deluzio lives in Aspen Wall with his family uh, western Pennsylvania currently serving his first time in Congress he represents Pennsylvania's 17th district a fellow veteran Iraq war veteran he's a Naval Academy graduate though I don't hold that against you congressman voting rights attorney and union organizer congressman Deluzio's commission is an active duty service warfare officer in the Navy he deployed three times including a tour duty as a U.S. Army Civil Affairs officer in Iraq. Like me, I did that myself. He is received, after he got back, he got his law degree at Georgetown, did some clerkships, did some union organizing. Now he's serving in Congress where he's a great voice for the veteran community, serves in the Veterans Committee. Congressman Delusia, welcome to the show. Congressman, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I know it's a little crazy on Capitol Hill right now. I can't imagine what you're dealing with right now. It is just crazy. I literally was preparing to, for this interview and had these great questions lined out and then 
chaos continues uh if those who watch the show know we're recording on thursday afternoon in the middle of the, as the latest as my understanding i'd love to hear it is jordan's said he's not gonna do a vote but he's sort of backing McHenry. but then we got mccarthy saying he's not gonna do the pro temp thing can you tell us do you know what the hell's going on up there sir you know i think your question tees it up it's chaos over there yeah. it changes from like hour to hour i mean certainly day to day you know the latest we were hearing is that jordan would give it another attempt on the floor which yeah. seems crazy to me um who knows and i and like the headline is it's chaos right right republican majority just they can't govern i mean the fact that they got uh jim jordan on the floor close to being second in line to the presidency i mean this is a guy who tried to overthrow the election who was a co-conspirator insurrectionist i mean my goodness uh you can't make this stuff up yeah and uh you know the bottom line is they can't govern and They've really made no reasonable effort to come work with us, and we're willing to to find some sensible path out of this. But they are—they seem to be doubling down on just the craziness. And that was my next question: Have we heard any real conversations with your colleagues across the aisle that they to, to find options out of this? I mean, they love to go on camera and say it's your fault. Of course, two hundred eight—you know—Democrats did this, uh, which is comically stupid uh, when we know it was actually Matt Gates. I mean, is there really true? I mean, I, I have a lot of folks will come at me on the in, in the comments and reply. I say, well, you know, made the Dems should work. I'm like, yeah, sure. What's the what's the plan? You know, what I mean? it's like, are they actually making an effort? You don't. We don't just randomly do that, right? Look, I'm not seeing much of any good faith effort over right. there. I mean, my my colleagues on the Democratic side, up to Leader Hakeem Jeffries, in public op-eds, yeah. in private communications, have made crystal clear. We are extending a hand, friendship. We will work on a bipartisan deal. Let's negotiate it. And instead, what the Republicans are doing is, uh, you know, setting up Scalise, sending up Jim Jordan fighting amongst themselves. I mean, it's now 16 days that when we're recording this since we've had a speaker, Jeez. it's nuts. And, you know, we're not backing down from the only path out of this is working with us as Democrats. That's what the Republicans ought to do because uh, it's the right thing for the country, right? That is ultimately what we're talking about here. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, it's too bad because they're gonna hurt a lot of people. They paralyzed the house. We can't do anything on Israel. We can't do anything on humanitarian relief. We can't do anything on Ukraine. We can't do anything to work on a budget to get us out of avoiding a shutdown on the 17th. We can't do anything for my constituents of Western Pennsylvania or anybody else in this country because they have paralyzed the House. That's that's the real pain in all this. And negotiations don't occur on Fox News or on Twitter, right? Those occur no. in the cloakroom, right? <laughs> they occur in the offices, right? And 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 it just seems like they don't really un seem to understand. Which you, which you said very from the beginning is they just don't want to govern. They don't understand that governing isn't sound bites. Or, or clever quips, is it? I mean, it, it, governing is is actually in a room where we talk to each other. Yeah, and, and look, I I think they're majority right now, and they're in charge. They're in That's charge it. of the house. Right. It's their majority. It is an ungovernable one, and you, we saw that when the speaker election took fifteen rounds in January. Yeah. Um, and we've seen it each step of every crisis they've taken us to: the debt ceiling, government shutdown, and now another speaker crisis. Yeah. And it's Democratic votes that have kept the House from imploding on these big issues. Yeah, More Democratic than Republican votes got us through the debt ceiling crisis the Republicans put us in. More Democratic votes than Republican votes got us out of a government shutdown that the Republicans almost put us in. Uh, they're, they're not able to govern without Democrats. And we keep saying, I'm saying this in friendship, I'm saying this in the spirit of putting our country first, 
come meet us. We'll put together a deal. We'll have some kind of coalition. I'm not just throwing up buzzwords. Like this is what we need to do for the country. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying it privately. I said it in an op-ed with you did Pat Ryan, Pat yeah. Ryan, who's a, yeah, I won't hold it against him. He's a West pointer. Come on now. That's all right. <laughs> well, we really mean this. Come work with us. It's the yeah. only way through it. That's what you said. I mean, and you guys were very clear, like we're you know, trying to be less politicians and be more patriots. It's time to yeah. put away, put aside these things for the good of the country. Uh, Cause that's really the whole point. All of you were elected to go there and represent us. It's a constant frustration for me because it seems like a lot of the folks, especially on the other side of the aisle have truly forgotten that the, the, the name and the, the building says representatives. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah. how are you representing your folks? I, I live in a, a, a late, I live in near uh, uh, Ann Wagner from Missouri too, who on Friday was hardcore. No way, no way. Jim Jordan, absolutely not. By Monday, she was, oh, no, he's cool. It, it is, it is a constant battle of saying one thing, doing another. Uh, and I can't imagine what it's like to walk the hall. And this is your first term, sir. You've been there a year. You're not even, not a, year even a year yet. Right. Not even a year yet. And you're, you know, yeah. how much gray hair you got? <laughs> yeah, not, not many yet. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> it's a matter of time. I was beautifully brown haired until I joined the Lincoln Project. <laughs> you know? But uh, no, I, and that's the thing. And, and so, having said all that, in, in, what do you see as a path? Is there a path or what is the path? I guess I'm trying to kind of dig into you. What's You guys had a caucus meeting today. What are you guys saying if you can share any of that with us? Look. A lot of these deliberations internally are exactly that. So I'm not going to go spill the beans on. Come on the now, most, give it up. <laughs> I got a show to sell look. here, sir. <laughs> yeah, but, but listen, I mean, the, the basic thing that we've been saying and I'm saying and others is the Republicans, whether it's a handful of sensible ones or a bigger group, whatever it is, they got to come work with us. Yeah. And the parameters of that we can work out, right? We're not going to have some insurrectionists okay. lead the house. No, we're not going to offer our support for something crazy like that. Yeah. We got to work something out that keeps the house open, that we can avoid these crazy government shutdown and default crises. The Republicans have put us through that. We can do the things we got to do on the budget deal. We worked out over the summer with the debt ceiling and that we can support our friends abroad and tackle some problems at home. Yeah. That's all obvious stuff. And yeah. I think some sensible Republicans ought to come with us. And by the way, uh, what's happening over there on the Republican side? I mean, you've seen members who are against Jordan talk about threats they've gotten, yeah. that their spouses have gotten. Yeah. I mean, they are, this fighting on the Republican side is getting ugly. There are pressure campaigns on other Republican members now. I mean, it's, this is horrible stuff. Yeah. And again, the cost is they've shut down the House and we really can't do anything. And the acrimony amongst themselves is getting only deeper and makes it all more impossible. Um, and, and hopefully something will break. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I do find encouragement that some of them are standing up to bullying saying, no, we're not. You're not going to bully me. And it's, it's interesting to see them go on Fox News and actually argue the Fox host say, no, nah, dude, I'm not. I'm not playing that. But that's a very small crack of sunlight in a very dismal situation. Yeah, and there are only about 20 or so who voted against yeah. Jordan yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about anything resembling a majority of the House yeah. Republicans. Most of them, the vast majority, were more than willing to make Jim Jordan second in line of the presidency, which is just nuts to think about. And names I respect, and I won't name names in this, because I, mean, I, I but I've lived in a few places over the years, you know, I was an Army guy, and... It's just like, geez, seeing some people I, I used to respect when I, because, you know, dirty secret, I was a Republican until Trump. Um, it's just heartbreaking. You know, it really is yeah. to see that breakdown. Now, having said that, let's talk about shutdown. I mean, we, the clock is, 45 days was not enough. Now we're right at 30, aren't we? I mean, and the whole thing starts over again. I mean, this feels worse than it did a month ago, doesn't it? 
Well, it feels worse because we're wasting every single legislative day until right. the speaker crisis on the Republican side is, is fixed, right? Yeah. We can't take up anything around funding the government, passing a budget, you name it. So every day that we're in this, it becomes harder to keep the government funded and open. Yeah. And I, and I you know, I come back to, look, we have to have some sort of deal to move forward because the bipartisan group that A, kept the government open and B, in the summer, passed the bill that avoided default, you know, that bill included a budget deal. Yeah. We honor the deal. We have a path out of this. Everyone's known that for a while. And I think that's why I keep saying if some Republicans who aren't out of their minds join us, we have the basic framework for a deal to, to get through this crisis. Yeah. And you don't need many. I mean, you guys are a solid block at 212. It, you haven't haven't yep. wavered on that. It, it, you're supporting uh, Leader Jeffries, which is remarkable to watch and see. And it's it's wonderful to watch as a spectator seeing Leader Jeffries and 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 and, and former Speaker Pelosi, you know, lockstep as as partners on all this. I mean, the, the Democratic Caucus is doing their job uh, while the insanity reigns across the other aisle. Um, and that leads us to Israel. Israel. I mean, obviously, we want to help. The president's promised $100 million in aid uh, to the, the people of Palestine. I want to make that very clear when I say that. The people of Palestine and people of Gaza who are suffering under this, um, we're seeing a very clear, you know, it's a, a rare moment. The president was just overseas. We can't help them right now. No, we can't take up any what we would call a supplemental, right, right. A package to provide some additional assistance, whether it's for security assistance to our friends in Israel, humanitarian relief to people in Gaza. Yeah, we can't do any of it because the house is shut down because of this Republican civil war. Yeah, and those are the kinds of costs of this dysfunction. And by the way, we need to take up those things. We need to take up security assistance for Ukraine. We got to work through the budget and and so much else. And that you know that's that's the real harm here. Yeah, this is not just political parlor games that you know, Republican caucus or conference is playing in smoky rooms. These have real consequences for people's lives and what the United States can do as a government. Yeah. And I did a story uh, about a week ago th- during the week last week about, you know, because if you remember in the early days, the Israel, uh, the Hamas, uh, horrible terrorist attack, um, a lot of the Republicans are saying, well, this is because we project that Biden has been projecting weakness. Uh, I think with a week, we find that that just isn't the case, right? Mr. Biden flew over to Israel. You know, you guys are doing what you can do. The, the, pro- week, the projection of weakness now is that a Republican Party incapable of governing, right? They're, they are what is standing in the way of any additional support and security assistance to our friends in Israel, yeah. bottom line. And they know it. Uh, I think it is one of the many reasons why they got to come work out a deal with us if they can't get their act together, which they, they clearly can't. Do you talk to any of your colleagues on the right or is it, are, we, are we in a place now where you guys can't have these conversations at all? I mean, there was a time when you guys had conversations. It feels like we're not in that place anymore. Look, I think they still happen. And I, you know, I'm not going to play out all the negotiations and the rest, but like I'm plenty of my colleagues, plenty of my <laughs> yeah. colleagues, uh, Democratic colleagues, and myself included, we are making it clear to our Republican counterparts that there's a way out of this. We're extending a hand here. Let's put together some kind of coalition. I think they know. Uh, I think the question is when they are willing to actually come start working with us and get out of this the infighting they're having in their own house. Yeah. That's that's the question. I don't have an answer to that one yet. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you you did tweet out like the, the, one of the one of the colleagues over there said, mm-hmm. "Hey, and it's time to talk about, you know, empowering the pro tem." I think you tweeted out a simple thing like, "Let's talk." Um, yeah. cuz it is about talking. Listen, I, that's it. like I, I'm not we're not saying yes or no to deals over Twitter. Right. But like we're making clear in public and private like let's have the discussion. Let's have these negotiations. Let's go. I think that's what the people I represent from Pennsylvania expect. Yeah. They don't want this house shut down. Yeah. Uh, 
as I keep saying, the Republicans are in the majority. If they cannot govern their own majority, the only way out of this is to work with us. Yeah. And I think that's where this has to go. Yeah, it's comical to blame Democrats for any of it when they would never, they'd never do the same. It's, it's, it's funny seeing some of them say things like that and it just the lack of self-awareness. Off off the hotter topics, um, you, you're a veteran like me, you're a Iraq veteran, which I love. You did civil affairs. I did that. I was, I was up in... Uh, Q West, the, I was one of the founding fathers of Q West in northern Iraq, if you're familiar. Uh, I actually built built a lot of stuff around Q West. You've been over there. Um, you sit in the Veterans Affairs Committee. You guys have been doing some substantive stuff it, just in this eight, 10 months you've been there. Um, what's I mean, if we can get this stuff figured out, what's next for you for our veterans and for our brothers and sisters? Yeah, look, I, I sought out service on the Veterans Affairs Committee. Yeah. I get my health care at the VA. Yeah. This is one of my most important issues to work on uh, for our fellow veterans. And, you know, you know, you've you paid attention to this stuff. President Biden signed the PACT Act last yep. year, which extended a bunch of really important earned benefits for veterans of our generation and the wars that we all served in. Yep. And even Vietnam era folks, right? Yep. You've been exposed to burn pits or toxic substances. So we've focused a lot in the committee on making sure we implement this law, the VA implements the law well. We don't miss this chance to get veterans who are eligible into the VA, getting the benefits they've earned. I mean, that is, so that is one of our top priorities. You know, I've been worried about, you know, beyond the PACT Act, all of this growth, uh, ballooning costs, frankly, for care that's outside in the community relative to what care is costing within VA. Yes. And whether we have adequate oversight out in the community, I don't think we do. It's not nearly the same level of scrutiny you see within VA. So I'm making sure that we're taking care of veterans wherever they're getting their care, whether it's in the VA or somewhere out in town uh, and a bunch of other issues. But I come back to we can't do anything in the Congress right now really nothing uh, until there is a speaker. And that is the real cost of what the Republicans have put us through, whether it's issues around veterans, whether it's some of the stuff we've talked about overseas, all of it. We can't proceed. There's not a vote on any bill, nothing. Uh, the, the least controversial thing that we get every vote in the House can't go to the floor. And that's a problem. It's a real problem. And well, it, it and, is yeah. on every issue, you know, it's going to it's going to hurt this country. And again, and, and going back and I'll wrap this up because I know you have to go do like congressman stuff, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, whatever that is, uh, you know, the. Like like I said, with you and Pat Ryan writing your op-ed, you know another. I said a bunch of my credit. You were the kind of guys who went up there to serve, and yeah. and now you find yourself in a position where you're aware, you're painfully aware, and you're hearing from your constituents. I'm sure. Where's the service now? Yeah, and, and that's the thrust of what Congressman Ryan and I were saying in our op-ed. But I say every chance I can get. This is the kind of moment where you have to actually put action behind words like country over party. Yeah. This is right now. This is the time. Yeah. Uh, our government is dysfunctional because of this Republican civil war. So if you are someone who talks about patriotism, loving this country, putting that love of country over party, uh, the moment is now. This is when you have to do something brave. And if we have political cowardice, if we have people being partisan hacks in this moment, as we've seen throughout too much of recent history, well, you know, it tells you something about those politicians. Yeah. So I keep saying this is the moment to live those things we hear people talk about. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I've talked about it. I've said it publicly and privately. Let's work out a deal. And we'll see if uh, our Republican friends take us up on it because so far they haven't. Well, for the good of all of us, I hope somebody does, you know, and uh, I, I've, I've, I've become a cynic. I, I've been a Democrat for a while now, <laughs> you know, but it is it is a joy to see uh, our own colleagues doing the right thing and sticking together. But uh, I do dream of that. I, I just, that weird streak of optimism that maybe at some point 
they will figure it out and, and put country above party. So, well, sir, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, especially in the middle of all this craziness. I know it's been nutty. Uh, good luck up there. Keep your head up. We really appreciate your work. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. See you later. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. And let me tell you something. When I don't get enough sleep, you do not want to be around me the next day, I assure you. I'm excited to introduce you to Beam Dream. You know, you may have heard your friends and other hosts on Midas Touch talk about Beam's Dream Powder. And this is their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. It's now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, uh, cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter. I love peanut butter. <laughs> and better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. So, you just mix Beam Dream with hot water or milk or stir and froth it all together and enjoy it before your bedtime. I personally tried Beam Dream and lived up to the hype. First off, it was delicious and just a lovely nighttime routine. And secondly, most importantly, helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. Next day, I woke up ready and eager to take on the day. Find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam, why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Fred and use code Fred at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Fred. Use code Fred for up to 40% off. Thank you, Beam, for being a supporter of our show. You know, I was the youngest of four kids growing up, okay? You know what that means if you come from a large family. It means you're the trash guy, okay? I was the guy who tied those bags up with the rotting food, uh, you know, from big family dinners or the lunchbox meals that didn't get eaten from four kids. It was gross. I hated the job, and I still do. Now I'm an adult, and I've got a huge garden at my home, and I'm obsessed with growing my own food. Now, adding Lomi to my home has been so eye-opening for me, and it's completely changed how I view my food waste and what I can do to help the environment. Lomi transforms my garbage to gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in just four hours. Now, I love composting now. Plus, it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no food rotting and smelling up the kitchen or attracting critters in the garbage outside. Thanks to Lomi. I only have to take out the trash about once a week, and it's, you know, kind of hassle-free and mess-free, finally. No more leaking bags like I had in my youth. It's much cleaner now. Now, now here's the cool part for me, too, you know. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich earth and dirt that I can feed my plants and, as I mentioned, my huge garden. And that means I'm not. it's not going to landfills. It's not producing methane gas. What it is producing is tomatoes that my local squirrels eat, but I still do produce tomatoes. <laughs> so I get to help the environment and make my life easier. Now, all my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right there. Now, Lomi's new app also lets me track my environmental impact, earn points for every cycle, redeem for freemies from Lobi and other great brands. So it feels great to know that I'm creating Lomi Earth instead of waste. With it, I have basically a limitless supply of plant food for my garden, plus I'm helping save the planet. 
Now, when you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden like I am, Lomi is perfect for you. So head to Lomi.com slash Fred and use the promo code Fred to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 when you head to Lomi.com slash Fred and use promo code Fred at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, look, everyone knows how annoying cheap razors are. The cuts, the irritation, the frustration, and don't get me started on subscription razor services. The headaches they can cause if they show up on your doorstep. That's why you got to meet Henson Shaving. Henson Shaving is a family-owned aerospace parts manufacturer that's made parts of the ISS and the Mars rover, and now they're bringing precision engineering to your shaving experience. And, and I'm an old pilot, so I love me some aerospace manufacturing, let me tell you. Now, razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more wobble. The more wobble, the more nicks, cuts, and scrapes. A bad shave isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. By using aerospace-grade CNC machines, Henson makes metal razors that extend just .0013 inches, which is less than the width of a hair. That means a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. It gets better. The razor is built in channels to evacuate hair and cream, and makes clogging virtually impossible. So seriously, Henson Shaving wants the best razor, not the best razor business. That means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and no planned obsolescence. The Henson Razor works with standard dual-edged razor blades to give you that old-school shave, like me, with the benefits of new-school tech. So once you own a Henson Razor, it's only about, I don't know, 3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. So I tell you, I don't shave often, obviously, but my first shave with the Henson razor was incredibly refreshing. The design is sleek and the durability is top notch. The Henson razor is truly so much better than your run of the mill razor. And it's the quote unquote traditional razor bland that you're used to. Now, the affordability factor is absolutely game changing. No more wasting your money on expensive blades. With Henson shaving, you can get like a year of blades for around $5. So it's time to say no to subscriptions. Say yes to a razor that's lasting you a lifetime. Visit hansonshaving.com slash Fred to pick the razor you, for you and use code Fred and you'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. Right, two years of blades. So that's 100 free blades when you head to H-E-N-S-O-N-S-H-A-V-I-N-G.com slash Fred and use code Fred when you're there. Check them out. Great conversation. <laughs> I, 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 man, I, can I tell you guys a secret that don't tell anybody? There's probably only 100,000 people going to watch this. Uh, I love this gig, right? It's it, the, the chance to be able to talk to a serving member of Congress, someone with honor like, like, like Mr. Luzio and others who take a moment. I mean, don't you love the fact they take a minute? Look, I'm not MSNBC. I'm not, I'm not a big time TV host, right? I just enjoy the fact that we've got members we've got elected officials who are willing to take a minute and talk to us talk to our audience talk to you uh shoot it straight uh so man i just i hope you enjoy this as much as i do if you don't i'm sorry <laughs> i'm having a great time i want to talk uh as we as we walk out of that uh, I, I do want to talk about the uh, an aspect of this war so for those who don't know i was a public affairs officer in my last i felt most of my career in the army was actually spent as a pilot i was a helicopter pilot um in various helicopter jobs as an officer, uh, 101st Airborne, you see a sticker on my uh, 
my computer here. Uh, so for most of my career, that's what I did. I was involved in, I was a scout helicopter pilot for Desert Storm. Um, and then I stayed in uh, what we call attack helicopter world with Apaches. I was an operations officer helping them. And then um, I actually briefly got out of the army and came back in after 9-11. I joined the reserves and then they threw a war and invited all my friends. So I did, I went to, cause all the cool kids were going to war. Um, I went back, I went, served in Iraq. I was with the Black Hawk unit though. If you're familiar with the 101st Airborne. Um, we were air assault battalion or a, a general support battalion. Uh, while I was in Iraq, I ended up on TV because there was some stuff I did while I was a civilian. Anyway, long story short, General Petraeus ended up making me a public affairs officer. So the latter part of my career in the army, the last four or five years was spent serving as a public affairs officer. So my job was essentially to communicate the activities of the United States, the way we frame it is the mission of the public affairs is to communicate the activities of the United States military to the civilian population. Um, my job is not to lie to you. My job is to get things straight. And I bring this up because one of my passions as a, a public affairs officer was getting the truth right. I used to say in Iraq that if the media got something wrong, the media didn't get in trouble, right? It was us. It was the military that got in trouble. There was an example given where we had a, a, a firefight in in Western Iraq. Um, uh, our friends at Fox News announced because they're you know big cheerleaders. They're you know they're excuse me friendly media. They announced that we had killed like twenty five terrorists and it was all this big thing. In the end, the truth of the matter was it was it was maybe two people um, actually killed. Actually, in the whole firefight, the whole firefight was blown to be more because you'll find the fog of war, which is where we're going. Um, that the truth wasn't accurate and. And it got and and what was interesting thing about it was Fox News didn't get trouble. Um, the Marine Corps did uh, about this about getting it wrong, right? Because they were pumping up their numbers, even though they had they had fed the numbers right, they just had acted too soon. And so a lesson I learned early is that the fog of war is will cloud the truth. And there's there's an old saying that the first casualty of war is the truth. And no more is that the case than it is today with instantaneous communications. Like, look, there was a time in World War II, I had to send a telegram back to uh, America to the news. There was no breaking news in the 1940s. Even in the 60s, in the Vietnam era, everybody had to wait till Walter Cronkite come on at night uh, to get the news of what was happening in Vietnam. Today, we're literally watching battles in real time. I watched the unfolding uh, assault on Osama bin Laden's compound on Twitter. Because if you maybe you don't remember, the first indications we were going after Osama bin Laden was people who lived in that Pakistani town were tweeting out pictures of a fire, like bullets in the air, and the, and the fact they heard helicopters flying over. That was the first world news that came out about the assault on Osama bin Laden and, the, and, 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 and killing him finally was through Twitter. So there's instantaneous news. I'm branching this because this week we had a really bad example of that. And the example given was that a hospital in Gaza was struck and Hamas put out almost immediately within minutes that 500 civilians have been killed when Israel conducted an airstrike on a hospital. And news organizations ran with that. We have had riots. We have had demonstrations. Mr. Biden's meeting with the Arab leadership as part of his trip this week was canceled immediately because Israel had bombed a hospital. And 500 had died. And I tweeted out at the time, I said, look, the one lesson, the number one lesson I walked away from serving two tours in combat as a high level public affairs officer, I worked for a three-star general, okay? I worked for the Minister of Defense of Iraq. I was his advisor for the Minister of Defense of Iraq. That's the level I worked at in Iraq, folks, okay? It wasn't low. The lesson I learned was first reports are always wrong and you've got to get it right. And, and we will pay the price the good people will pay the price if it's wrong. 
Unfortunately, many media organizations and pundits and people I hold dear ran with the story that Israel had knowingly bombed a hospital. When the truth is, a rocket was launched from a cemetery in Gaza. It went up. It failed as they do because a lot of these are not well stored. They're not well built. It failed. It landed in the parking lot of that hospital. And by morning, we could see, look, I've been in the army a long time, okay? I've been to war four times. I know what a bomb hole looks like. I know what a rocket hole looks like because they used to land in my compound. My God, my last tour in Iraq, y'all, when I arrived, the trailer next to mine had been taken out by a, a rocket the day before. It was still smoking. Okay, a rocket fire from Sadr City. I know the difference between a rocket and a bomb, and that was a rocket. And unfortunately, by that point, the cat was out of the bag, that the, 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 the anger is still going. The Arab world is still afire right now over a report from the very organization that orchestrated the terrorist attack that killed 1,300 civilians and as holding possibly 150 or more as hostages. That organization was what many people took as the trusted source on an attack. So, look, I'm not picking sides here, okay? We, we, anyway, Israel, brutal assault. Israel's got its own reasons. Mr. Biden's doing a very good job. I'm going to say, I will say that the Biden administration is doing an incredible job in an incredibly dangerous situation while they have no House of Representatives to help them in any way. They're doing as much as they can do, and I will not fault them for what they're doing. Uh, Israel's angry, um, and I can't blame them for that. But my God, folks, we must do better. Do better. You can be angry at Israel, but not believe fucking Hamas. Okay. You can be angry at Hamas, okay? <laughs> but my God, the truth will get people killed in these wars. Acting on lies causes things like a riot occurring in Jordan. Uh, there was a, a, a synagogue was burned in Tunisia to the ground um, over that accusation that a hospital had been purposely bombed by Israel. We got to do better. So before you see stuff like that, before you see these reports, don't share them. Don't screen, don't, 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 don't highlight them. I'm not saying you're going to believe the truth will come out, but give it a minute. Just take a breath and let the truth work its way out. Cause I've been to war. I've been to war and I've seen it in real time. How the truth is very, very blurry and the fog of war is very real. And I just hope that you as a discerning audience of media will take that to heart and not fall for the bullshit. And with that, I think I've talked about enough. A great show with Congressman Delugio. Really can't appreciate him enough. Thank you for joining as always. As you know, I'm just so proud of you guys. By the way, I don't know what happened last week, but y'all joined Forgotten Democrats. I, I, I love it. We are getting more people to join the community. We're going to have a Zoom here, uh, a, a, one of our monthly Zooms. It's We haven't done enough because it's been so crazy to talk about the community, ways you can help those who are running for office in the hardest places. But if you haven't caught it already, Forgotten Democrats, I'm so proud to be the national chairman. I serve a spokesman, if you will, talking about how this unique model is simply it's a simple one there's no fancy ads we're not going to run you know what they call you know ads or that kind of stuff we're not going to do any of that kind of stuff the goal literally is you give monthly you join our community the money is then earmarked and distributed amongst multiple candidates from those who need it most first set each month by labs we get in the as the nominees are designated forgot how much money we have on hand and then give money directly to candidates from you so i tell you it's it's a great organization i hope you'll check it out that's that's uh uh, ForgottenDemocrats.com. And of course, you can join our email list with simply t texting Fred to 33777. Uh, 
As always, we're so proud to be part of the Myest Touch Network. It would help us a million if you'd like, share, comment, go to Apple and Spotify, like, share, comment, you know, join, subscribe. We love having you part of our community. As always, I'll be here watching the show with you on Friday night. So say hi. It's always a pleasure just to hang out with you guys and be a part of this community. And with that, have an amazing week. Hopefully, I, I, I just... Uh, Matt, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully change. This is my dream, y'all. Next week, I'm going to change the opening sentence of this show <laughs> from chaos on DC, President Biden's going around the world fixing it. Would it be great not to have that be the opening line of the show? Let's see if it happens. Let's all take bets. Put bets in the comments. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> Matt's back here shaking his head, which he never does. I, I can't tell you guys how often I point out Matt and he never participates. I, and he just ignores me because he's head down. <laughs> so, all right. Well, anyway, we're going to put him on camera on these days. We got to get camera back there with you, Matt. Anyway, because people actually believe he exists. With that, man, what a great week. Have a great week. It's still great to be American. It's a great time. It's beautiful fall weather. Get out there. Enjoy Halloween in the week. We'll talk to you soon.